We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed hello sunshine i'm alexi lawless and welcome to the state of the union presented by a state farm i am here along with my trusty friend colleague guiding light david mossy joining us again this is a couple nights in a row my man Are you gonna be okay I think you have me for the duration now. Really? Yes. You've figured out the routine and schedule. And we're coming, we're coming to some uh, rest days, too, so you're going to be in fighting form, my friend. But we've got to get you out of here quick because he has some uh, friends he has to catch up with tonight. Mossy's got plans, man. Mossy is very social. He's a butterfly out there. People love Mossy. If you ever get a chance to sit down with Mossy anywhere in the world, do it. I'm telling you, your mind will be blown. Um, all right, speaking of uh, blowing minds, let's get right here to uh, France and Poland. We continue on with the round of 16. France and Poland, uh, that France won is not necessarily a surprise. Poland has been, while successful in getting out of the group, eh, not necessarily a team that you write home about, and really, let's be honest, kind of boring and non-adventurous. Uh, and they continue to, to do that. Had some opportunities in the first half, but ultimately, this was all about France. This was all about Kylian Mbappe. This was also all about Olivier Giroud from a historical perspective, getting the goal that he has been waiting for, breaking Thierry Henry's record and becoming the all-time leader in goals for Le Bleu. Thoughts on the game? What a milestone for Giroud, a it player is- who, depending on what side of the bed you roll out of that day, he's either Overrated or underrated? I can't figure out which one. Um, he, he's really almost disrespected. I mean, that he passed Thierry Henry. And Thierry Henry is such an iconic type of figure. And in no sentence do people ever put <laughs> Olivier Giroud and Thierry Henry together. And yet when it really comes down to it from scoring goals, which is what they are known for, it's amazing. And the guy didn't even score in the last World Cup. So it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible feat. The best-looking guy, I think, in soccer, uh, I mean, you, you, he's just an amazingly good-looking guy and that he scores goals and is doing it now at a, at a World Cup as this juggernaut of France continues on. Uh, wonderful. So, uh, kudos to him. Also to Kylian Mbappe. You know, we, we star-build obviously in television, and you know as well as I, uh, you know, Mossy's writing a lot of the stuff that you're actually hearing on television. And you know, we pump up the stars like in any sport. And when we have stars at the World Cup, it doesn't always work out where they live up to billing. And yet this Kylian Mbappe, you know, we came on air today and I think that there's a real case, it's debatable, but there is a real case that this is the greatest living player playing the game today in Kylian Mbappe. I remember when I first saw him playing for Monaco during the 2016-17 campaign, and I'm not always right about this stuff, but in this case, as soon as I saw that guy, I, I told people that this is something really special. 
um, and it's amazing the player that he's become. Uh, just to rattle off the numbers here, he's up to nine career World Cup goals. That's the most of any player under the age of 24. He surpassed Pele in that category. The France record is 13, Just Fontaine, who got all of them in the 1958 World Cup. I call him the Roger Maris of international football. And so Mbappe will certainly break that. The overall record, Miroslav Klose, 16. So uh, I think Mbappe mo more than likely is going well, to break well, that. Well, in what I think is going to continue to be a, a debate going forward, not just in this World Cup, but in the years ahead, you know, Erling Holland is in that weird position where we're, unless something drastic happens, and look, the World Cup is expanding, so we, there's a chance we might not see him ultimately at a World Cup. So when you're talking about the best player playing the game, I certainly would put Erling Holland into that conversation. but. I would still, I think, put Mbappe ahead of him regardless, and certainly at the World Cup right now. I mean, we have Messi, we have Neymar, we have uh, uh, obviously uh, Mbappe going for, we have Luka Modric going for, we have Son with South Korea. It goes on and on and on. And that's fun. It's fun when you talk about these guys and then they go on the field and they show up, because that's the mark of a star, when you live up to billing. And when all of the pressure and the attention is on you, you continually deliver. And Mbappe so far has been the postman, my friends. He is delivering time and time again. And two bangers today. One to the far post, one to the near post. He camps out on that left-hand side. We know he loves to cut in, but he can also beat you either on the cut that we saw today or just with pure speed where he just pushes it and goes by. And I said today on air, there is this for lack of a better word, you know what, eating grin that gets on his face, this this wry type of and, and sly smile smirk that says it all. The man playing at, his, at the top of his game, and he's already beaten you, even before he has gone past you. And, you know, there's a school of thought that he's actually benefiting from Benzema's absence, that he feels more comfortable having a player like Giroud up there, more of a target striker that's mm -hmm. going to occupy the center backs and create more space for him. Uh, it's interesting because... We were all excited about the prospect of an Mbappe-Benzema partnership at this World Cup. It didn't happen. Obviously, Benzema got hurt, but uh, uh, they might have actually worked out for the better for Mbappe and France. All right, before we get off this game, pour one out for uh, Robert Lewandowski. Gets another goal, another World Cup goal. We know that he scored finally his first World Cup goal this World, World Cup. Gets the penalty at the end, has to retake it, and still puts it in. couple of thoughts on him. Um, at least Poland qualifies for major tournaments, so it's not the same plight as a George Best or a George Weah, but it is tough to watch a player of that caliber playing games like this and be surrounded by such ordinary talent. Uh, it can be but, frustrating. But his numbers are really good. I was talking to Clint Dempsey earlier, and when you know the, the numbers that he has with Poland, because there, there is this narrative, and it is true, he doesn't get the type of service that he did at Bayern Munich uh, or Dortmund or, or, uh, or obviously at Barcelona, but he still finds a way to score goals. Now, it's hard to, to score goals and win, especially when we're playing against a, a, a France team. But, man, what a career. And if this is the last time we see him play for Poland and obviously at the, uh, the World Cup, what a wonderful career. That penalty uh, being retaken really bothered me. I thought that was really harsh on Lloris because uh, uh, Lewandowski came to a complete stop, which you're not supposed to no, do. No, I think, the, I think the law is, and I could be wrong, is you cannot stop within the kicking of the ball so you can faint going up to the ball and do that kind of stuff but if it's in if it's in your motion when you're taking it then that is against the law either way he came off the line right i mean you, you're okay with, oh, of you, with with saying he came off the line absolutely okay. uh pele his penalty kick routine it was known as a paradinha he had this kind of stutter step that he did but he never 
came to a full stop. Right, he was always in motion. And I, I feel like players over the years have tried to emulate that. They've never quite figured it out because they, they do come to a stop, which I, I think, you know, if you're going to give some leeway on that end, then you got to give leeway to the goalkeepers a little bit on the off-the-line thing. I, I, I don't know. There's something about that set than sit right with I, me, listen, the way Lewandowski took it. I've always said that what I think it should be is goalkeeper has to have a foot on the line, all right? But at the whistle, that's it. So if you want to take a long run-up, do it at your own peril. <laughs> okay, so the whistle, it's on the whistle. It's not on the touch of the ball. It's on the referee's whistle. You good? You good? All right, here we go. Boom, whistle. And have the goalkeeper, if he wants to, charge off the line. And swat it away, Shaquille O'Neal. Do whatever point. you have to do, my friend. You know, I mean, I, uh, goalkeepers out there going, yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. So yeah. anyway, uh, that's never going to happen. Uh, well, anyway, okay, so congratulations to France. France moves on. And this delectable type of game is set up between uh, France and England. But we should talk about the England-Senegal game because while it finished 3-0 and ultimately it was a very comfortable win for, uh, for England, there were some nervy moments at the beginning. Senegal actually had some opportunities. We, you know, we talked about the Christian Pulisic miss at the beginning of the game. Uh, th there was a point where Dia got in and Pickford you know, got his big old paw up and swatted it down. And that was really an important moment in the game because that goes in, again, the, the, the entire dynamic of that game changes, but it didn't. England gets their bearings, goes on, ultimately ends up scoring three. They could have had could have, have more. Harry Kane gets his first goal uh, of the tournament, and it sets up this delectable type of uh, matchup between England and um, France. I agree with you. A lot of parallels from the U.S. game, the underdog, uh being on the front foot early, having their chances. I thought England were absolutely shambolic in the first 15 minutes or so, and Pickford kept them in the game. Uh, and, you know, these, these goals uh, late in halves oh, are backbreakers. Rue got one uh, very late in the half to give France a 1-0 lead, and England got two with Henderson and Kane. So Senegal were done right there. It's eight different goal scorers for England at this World Cup in four games, 12 goals overall. So, yeah, they've been very explosive. The only team that shut them down was the United States. And, and while I, I get incredible joy uh, in, uh, you know, the, the pain that England feels at times, I, I also have to admit when this is a very good England team and this is a fun team. Uh, Southgate made some decisions. Rashford did not start. Um, Phil Foden did. And... It turned out fine, and it was very nice for them. You know, even they were winning to see that Rashford type of sub. They are they are stocked right now. But Absolutely. this is the biggest test of the tournament coming up against France. Yeah, Bellingham too, which is oh, yeah. a phenomenal player. Yeah, Foden. You mentioned Saka, so the, the young talent they have, and, and the depth. Uh, the, not starting Rashford means he's a player you can bring off the bench. Grealish as well. So. Uh, yeah, they are loaded for sure. Yeah, so England fans are happy tonight. Uh, my good friend Piers Morgan is probably sitting back and and, and gloating. Congratulations, Piers, uh, on your uh, your soccer team winning. And uh, on to uh, on to the next one. Uh, let's see. Anything else from that game, Mossy? Before we just do a real quick preview of tomorrow. Uh, well, uh, can we can we talk about England France a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, we have two absolutely delicious quarterfinal matchups. We talked about the Netherlands against Argentina uh, yesterday, and, and yeah, England-France too. Uh, the World Cup history here, just two meetings, 1966 group stage, England won 2-0, Roger Hunt with both goals, and then 1982 group stage, England won 3-1, Brian Robinson with Brian Robson with two goals, including one in the first minute of the game, uh, the late Paul Mariner uh, got one too. Um, but 
They've also met in the Euros. There was a famous game in 2004, remember, where England were leading 1-0 late and Zidane scored two goals in stoppage time and France ended up winning 2-1. Uh, so it should be incredible. The matchups all over the field, uh, Mbappe going up against Kyle Walker. You know, you have Kane and Lloris, the Tottenham teammates. It's setting up uh, nice. It's that set. battle in the middle of the field with Bellingham, Declan Rice going up against Chouamini and Rabio. You know, the way Griezmann has really function as a third midfielder in this tournament has been interesting he, he and was willing to get like stuck in. He was leaving his feet and tackling yeah. and cleaning stuff up. It was, I mean, he was almost like playing at times a defensive type of midfield position. And, you know, we, we heard, uh, you know, we heard Clint Dempsey, I think, uh, this morning and Landon Donovan talking about how you got to get buy-in. And for Griezmann to kind of take that role, uh, I mean, that says a lot about what this France team is and what uh, Didier Deschamps uh, has done. All right, tomorrow we got, uh, but but what this also is showing is that the cream is rising to the top. And let's be honest, the, the usual suspects are there at this business end of the, uh, of the tournament. But it does give us incredible matchups. Tomorrow we got Japan, Croatia, and Brazil, South Korea. Uh, any preview or uh, prediction for those? Uh, sounds like Neymar will be back. Yeah. Um, it sounds he was asked like, and he said yes. It sounds Chichi. like Chichi's going to play that attack uh, lineup from the Serbia game, where it's essentially, I've called it a 4-2-4, where you have Casemiro and Paqueta in the midfield, and then uh, Vinicius on the left, Rafinha on the right, Neymar and Richarlison. Gabriel Jesus is out of the World Cup with an injury, so uh, at center forward position, it, it, it all rests on Richarlison, which makes me nervous because he can be hot and cold. I liked having that safety blanket of Gabriel Jesus. Come on, you guys um, are going to be fine. Um, uh, sounds like Alexandro is out left back. Alex Telly is a backup left back, is out of the World Cup altogether. So Danilo, who's a right back by trade, is probably going to play at left back. And either Militão or Danny Alves will start at right back. Thiago Silva and Marquinhos in the middle. Um, although I'm not happy with how this Brazil team's played, scoring three goals in the group stage is a joke. Um, I think this is a good <laughs> matchup. Uh, Brazil played South Korea in a friendly in the June window and won 5-1. And South Korea just looked totally overawed by Brazil. So. Um, you know, their Portuguese coach, Bento, is talking up that oh, that's, this is going to be different. We're going to take a totally different approach than we did in that friendly. We'll see. But I think this is a Chase pretty... Chase from Poland was talking up a big game, yeah. too, about we're going to change. This, this is, is a yeah, pretty right. good matchup for Brazil. They should get through this game. And then it'll be either Japan or Croatia in the quarters. If it's Croatia, then that would be very interesting. Uh, Luka Modric and company. So. Yeah, look, your, your safe money is Brazil beats South Korea. And Croatia beats Japan, and this magical run from Japan comes to an end. They can only go to the well so many times, but, I mean, count them out your own, at your own Paler Hill. All right, so um, those games tomorrow. Anything uh, before we go? That's it. Yeah, you got to get off to uh, your friends, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah you got you got things to do here in uh, in Doha. So do I. I got to get some sleep. We will be back again uh, tomorrow. Thank you for everybody uh, that uh, tuned in here live, and if you're listening to it or watching it after the fact, thank you for doing that. It's really been well-received. So I know I'm saying that with a, an air of surprise, but I shouldn't be surprised given you know, the content uh, that I'm proud of and obviously the incredible guests we have and my co-host here who every once in a while deems it appropriate to show up and actually do the uh, State of the Union pod, which I love about it. Anyway, it's presented by uh, State Farm. I'm Alexi Lawless. This is uh, David Mossy. We roll on, my friends. Another day of World Cup action in the books and another one coming. The round of 16 continues on, including Brazil tomorrow. And after what Mbappe has done and the stars showing up, we'll see if Mr. Neymar's ankle has healed and what he can give us. Until then, and as always, size the day.